All right. It's time to do to hide in this room. Believe what England just did. There's so much soccer happening in this. Like I, I, I had to walk out to get my laptop, and there's a pocket of people right outside here that we can still hear, even though we're in this room with the door shut, screaming at a TV. Yeah. And then as I was walking around, I heard two, at least two other pockets of people in different parts of the building. Also yelling about the soccer. Is it the... Is it the end? I don't know fucking shit about soccer. It's like hockey, but a much bigger field instead of sticks they use their feet. Are there Zambonis? No. they I'm don't. Out. Yeah. It's no ice. It's, it's grass. So no Zamboni. A lawnmower is like a Zamboni. Do you know there are Bart Zambonis that they just drive around Bart to clean up Bart? Like like, like the to floors. get the human feces off the floors yeah. with the Bart Zamboni. Yeah, Bart dude almost hit me with one. I liked it when the show became about Homer Zamboni instead of Bart Zamboni. It started out really just kind of like the attitude was really yeah. not my thing. Yeah. But uh, when they made that switch, it just became a, a more interesting bit of social commentary. <laughs> so you're saying like season twenty two? Yeah, exactly. That's when, it, when, when it got, got good. Yeah, when it got good, when it got really good. Hello, everyone. We're here to take your questions in a variety of formats. Uh, we've got information. If you want to voice your question to us with your voice, uh, the information is is currently there in the chat, staring you in your face. Or if you're in the chat, you can use the Ask a Question button to send us a question. <clears throat> like Processor is done here, uh, who asked, you wanted questions on anything, so are you drinking enough water? How do I cut? How do I cut to me? Yeah. It's a it's an audio podcast when it goes up later. So that you're, you're the shot of you holding. A, I'm going to describe the scene. All right, Ben is here. He's fully nude. He is pouring a cup of water over his own head and slurping it off of his face. Yeah. No one has ever. So no, no, I'm not definitely not. Enough. No, he's spilling it all over the place. It's making a mess. Uh, I'm not drinking enough water. No one is. I got when I got really sick after E3. I started drinking a lot of water because that's what you're supposed to do when you're sick. Yep. And I've been pretty good about keeping the pace up uh, since then. But you, I how know. Many, how many ounces a day are you trying to get? Are you are you tracking it like that? Or are you just like, I'm just trying to drink more water? I, it's like, okay, there's little cups, big cups, and really big cups are kind of my three, like just what I have around the house. Yeah. And I try to make sure I get at least four big cups or eight little cups or two really big cups. Some combination of those. Yeah. That seems like a good start. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? I drink enough wa- I drink. I, I keep drinking water until my pee is not yellow. That's my metric. Right. You yeah. know? As long as that's good, we're good. Mine's been very yellow lately. Yeah. You got to get more water. Well, I've been better about taking vitamins, so at least that shows. <sighs> yep. If you have any more questions about pee, don't send them in. Where yeah. is it stored? <laughs> Where do they keep it? The brain. Oh, the pee brain. Okay, I get yeah. it now. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's like when somebody hasn't gone to the bathroom for a while and, and act like an idiot. Yeah. Their pee brain. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been the other factor of, of, yeah, of, of increased water intake is I've been, been peeing a lot more. Yeah. Especially at night. It's annoying. Mm. Yeah. There have definitely been some nights where I, to, I, I got up this morning at 4 a.m. 
and had trouble getting back to sleep. I uh, had all-you-can-eat Korean barbecue last night. Okay. And I was like, well, this is going to be like really salty. I'm going to make sure I am just pounding water the whole time. And instead of doing that, we pounded soju cocktail the whole time. Smart. Um, yep. It wasn't. It's the opposite it, it, of water. It's, yeah. It, well, in that, it's delicious. Actually, I, I love the I, way water tastes. I like water. I love cold water. Uh-huh. Oof, yeah. Can't get much better than that. What about like a Diet Coke? Ugh. How about a Diet Pepsi? Ugh. What? That's, oh. Coke Zero. Cherry Coke Zero. Still not as good as cold water. Cold water is pretty great. Uh, Forsen asks, would you rather watch the World Cup or Overwatch League? Uh, Overwatch League. I think Overwatch. It's shorter. I don't. I don't actually know the answer, but it seems like soccer takes forever. I would. Yeah, I'd have. I'd be able to understand more of what's going on. Actually, I don't even know if that's true. You, I can follow soccer pretty easily since it's a lot just of. Where's the ball? Kicking back and forth. Yeah, but there's a lot of nuance about the rules. About like, ah, yeah. that, that guy. That guy's crying. Yeah, he fell over on purpose, and that's stupid. It's shitty. Uh, stupid. Um, let's see. What else do I have here? Uh, M. Souza 1991 asks, have you kept up with Dead Cells? I think it's one of the best of the numerous roguelike games out there right now. I believe you mean roguelike light, like light rogue lamp. Yeah. It's like a light. Mm-hmm. That's what that, I'm going to, I'm going to push for that to be the new standard rogue lamp. Rogue it's lamps. like a light rogue lamp colon. It's like a light. I've played it every Linux, now and again. Apache, M, P, PHP. I don't get it. Lamp. It's a like a stack. Uh, I played Dead Cells over the weekend. I just didn't want to get into the other games I like. Had there was a, a time there where I was like, "Well, what is? I mean, nothing's going to happen when I play these types of games on this monitor, right?" And so I ran like Tekken Seven, which is of course locked at sixty, and it still looked nice. <laughs> so yeah, it still looks real nice. It's like it's a nice sharp monitor. I'm, hmm, it's a good monitor. Pretty happy with it. Sounds like it. Yeah, I just not in got- like a Matt Rory look at how wide this monitor is. Way it's just like here's you know it's regular screen size. It's like it's it's a good resolution. It's slightly smaller than the monitor I used to use as my main monitor, but damn looks real good for video games it's important for a video game monitor yeah next step gaming chair yeah i really need then i get sponsored then i get sponsored i bought a chair that doesn't have adjustable arms which i realized was a mistake yeah that's a bad move because i especially need Mm. bigger so i can't my i my desk is weird it's so i can't push the chair under the desk very easily unless the arms are lower than they probably should be for me using it I just put desk risers under my desk, and I realized they're too tall. I have tall. a really tall desk. Uh, my mom made my desk. Nice. Uh, it's like a, it's made out of like kitchen countertop type stuff, oh. and uh, the the right side of it is held up by a filing cabinet, so it's as tall as those filing cabinets. So if I ever if those filing cabinets ever burst into flame, I'm pretty <laughs> fucked. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. I played. Yes. The, the 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 answer to the question is yes. I played some Dead Cells recently. That game is still great. Yeah. I like it a lot. I understand we have a call. That's right, Jeff. We have a caller on the line. Hello, caller. What's your name and where are you calling from? 
Hey, Jeff and Ben. It's uh, Zach. I'm in Seattle here. How's it in the studio? It's going okay. I think that I don't know if the soccer is over or if it just got boring again, but no one has made noise for a while. So we're, we're, we're in safe. here. We're safe. <laughs> I think we're doing okay. Uh, what's on your mind, Zach? Great. Uh, so uh, there was that leak, I think, last week uh, that Microsoft is working on adding uh, keyboard and mouse support uh, for games on Xbox One, right? So uh, in anticipation of like our streaming future uh, and the Xbox brand just becoming like this platform for playing games wherever you want, uh, like Phil was talking about, uh, what are the chances that we see the Xbox basically like the traditional Xbox console, like what we think of like as the Xbox One X right now, just becoming a PC? Like it already runs a flavor of Windows. Like what are the chances in a few years that I'm just going and buying an Xbox and it's my gaming PC? Uh, I could totally see that happening. Th- uh, thanks for your call. Yeah, I, I-, I could see that no going down that way. If you think about it, uh, you know, this could be the eventual realization of the Steam machine in some weird way of, you know, hey, what if what if you could think about it in terms of like if, if Xbox becomes more of an overall brand as opposed to a console that you buy, uh, you know, they would still sell Xbox branded hardware, presumably, because, you know, there's a legacy there. You, you, you support it. But at some point, like, you know, the architecture already is headed in the direction of being something similar to a PC. So at some point would it just make sense to just sell people a pc uh, a lower powered pc that would definitely play the streaming stuff and would play non-streaming stuff at an acceptable quality for an affordable price you lose all the optimizations that you know when when you make a when you make a console you throw out all of the stuff that makes it run windows to a certain extent and it's less of it that these days but I, my understanding is that there's still enough optimization and you know that's possible in the instruction set and vice and, and whatever else uh to get you at least like a more affordable price point for the hardware uh i could be wrong on that you know but that, that's definitely been um it's been the case in the past to a certain extent but i can see it going down that way you know a variety of devices that are xbox branded you know all the way down to a streaming puck or stick or something like that that is like hey this is your get on the xbox service device if it's not built into your tv already plug this in all the way up to hey here's a pretty beefy pc that is going to run a lot of stuff locally but of course obviously still have access to all the stuff whether it's just going to run regular ass windows at that point i don't know like why you know at some point why not um you know, if you're already supporting mouse and keyboard and stuff like that, you you could. You could, I guess. Uh, and But I don't know if that simplifies anything or, or makes anything more attractive for consumers or whatever. So I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a great reason to do it or to not do it, but you certainly could see it going that way, uh, potentially. Um. Lorder Union uh, asks, who owns the rights to Dactyl Nightmare and when is it going to get re-released? Someone tried to... So Dactyl Nightmare is um, one of the first VR games that was released commercially back in the 90s uh, as part of the virtuality platform, um, which they would show up in arcades and stuff like that and you could pay to, to play, pay some some amount of money that was too much 
to play a multiplayer shooter uh, that had pterodactyls in it uh, called Dactyl Nightmare. Uh, someone tried to remake Dactyl Nightmare uh, for the Oculus, like the DK1. Uh, so there is a build of it out there of, of this remake. I don't know if it works on current commercial headsets or not, but someone did try to make it. I don't know where the rights ended up. Um, but but hey, you, you could track that down if you needed it. Um, let's see what else we got here. Hey, random hey. question. Have you been to that pinball museum in Alameda? No, I haven't. Uh, there was uh, there was an annual. I don't know if it still happens, but there's a an annual pinball show that happens at the Marin Civic Center. And huh. my understanding is that a lot of the machines from that museum in Alameda get get moved up for that. Okay. So I have been to that a couple of times when it's happened. Yeah, I, I ran into an old friend and we were talking about video games, and <clears throat> he brought up that museum that I didn't even know was there. So I'm definitely keen on checking that out soon. Um, they have it, some good, really weird old stuff. Yeah. And, but it, it, my understanding is that it's a good variety of machines. Um, he was really hel- hyping up. Oh, I forget what it was, but it has, it's, it's from this, it's a similar kind of machine to black Knight, Um, and it has a part where lion man appears and he goes, I'm lion man. Um, I really want to check that one out. Uh, he also told me the story of the Big Lebowski pinball machine controversy, which I did not know about. I haven't heard what what is. So apparently, uh, the license holder for the Big Lebowski ordered, you know, a uh, limited run. It was something like fifty tables of a, a Big Lebowski pinball table. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they shipped out like fifteen or so. I think my friend told me. Uh, one of them is actually at the Alamo Draft House here in San Francisco, and then they realized they weren't getting paid and held the rest, uh, like still have the rest of the machines locked up in a warehouse somewhere because the there was some sort of falling out between them and the publisher, huh. and so it's like extremely rare to find, uh, and that there's just a warehouse full of Big Lebowski pinball machines somewhere out there still to this day. Hmm. Weird. So I'm looking at the website for Dutch Pinball, uh, which is, I don't know what they're about. They appear to actually potentially be Dutch. I don't know. Um, oh, yeah. No, they're they're literally in the Netherlands. But they apparently made this Big Lebowski pinball machine as well as something called Bride of Pinbot 2.0, which, oh, it's an upgrade kit for, for a regular Bride of Pinbot that turns it into a different thing. Weird. God, Bride of Pinbot's so sexy. Yeah. What would this 2.0 be like? Oof. Oof. And I wonder if this is the machine or if there's a different... It probably is. Weird. Weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't heard that. That's that's strange, but I guess... All that licensing, li- licensing's hard. License yeah. is weird, and you know, licensing seems like a nightmare. Yeah, so I, I guess that maybe that makes some sense. Um, that's strange. Let's look back at the chat here. See what else we got. Uh, Fisplaps asks, "Does Williams still make pinball games?" No. Uh, WMS is is heavy in the. Um, gambling business they make uh you know slot machines and, and that sort of stuff these days and i guess they still own the rights to those machines 
because they were the ones that I guess they no longer have a deal with Farsight, so that's why those machines got pulled out of out of Pinball Arcade, at least for sale in, in Pinball Arcade. Um, so I, th- I think that's mostly what, what WMS does. Uh, Fobwashed asks, uh, do you think it's possible that Steam loses their market lead in the digital game storefront space anytime in the near future or that there'll be any serious competition? I don't know. You know that you start to wonder, like, what's Discord's end game for their games tab? Are they going to get into selling games at some point and and try to to build something like that? Or are they just content to build um, a launching platform? Um, obviously, Twitch and Amazon is very interested in you know getting into getting deeper and deeper into PC like did like digital game sales and stuff. Like, it seems like that Twitch client could eventually evolve further into more and more of a storefront. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously all of the different, you know, the EA and Bethesda and Epic and, you know, UB. companies like that, UB, yeah, that, that have that have built their own launchers as well. I think they could do a thing. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's guaranteed that Steam maintains their market lead. Um, but someone has to offer something like, better and by better i think i actually mean better value not necessarily like a better feature set um you know whether that's hey like we'll give developers a bigger cut of the of the profit of the of the the total sale price or or, or whatever or you know like to to get developers over there in a in and in like excluding them from steam or you know I don't know. It, it's it's hard to build up a user base because obviously there are a lot of fucking Steam accounts out there. So I I don't know. I don't think there's any any chance in the near future. But I also feel like Steam's foothold doesn't feel as strong as it did a year ago or even or two years ago or anything like that. Like it, they feel like they could get got someday. Where if you'd ask me that question, like. A year or two years ago, I would have been like, "Nah, this, Steam's got it. Whatever, it's done." Um, I feel like they've they're just they're fumbling just enough stuff over there that it seems like there's room for someone else to come along. And I don't know that that's GOG or or, or itch necessarily. I think those services just have a, a different focus. Yeah, um, they have their niche that they've kind yeah. of carved out. Uh, itch especially GOG, I think you know is, yeah. is trying to be a little more general, but. They were a niche thing. Now it's, yeah, yeah. Um, you want to take a call? Yeah, let's take a call. Let's take a call. Hello, caller. What's your name and where are you calling from? <laughs> Hi, um, my name's Aaron. I'm from upstate New York. Hey, Aaron, what's on your mind? Um, I just started working at my local comic book shop, and I was wondering what are your guys' experience with uh, comic book shops and uh, comics in general? Yeah, uh, comics, man. Yeah, thanks for your call. I. There was a store called the Comic Book Box in Petaluma uh, that I went to maybe in junior high, I think, is when I was friends with someone who I, I was friends with someone else who was into comics. And then I kind of got into comics in a deeper way than I had been before, which is like, oh, I'm, you know, at the store, I'm, you know, at the at the supermarket with my mom and I bought a comic book while we were there or something, you know, Um and so I bought important comic books like Sledgehammer based on the TV show. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I got into um, G.I. Joe and Transformers because that's that's what I was into just generally. So when those comics were running, I was reading those uh, up till a certain point, And then I kind of just fell out of it completely. I tried some other stuff here and there. Like I've never been big into superheroes um, just as a concept, really. Um, yeah, I don't know. You you ever you ever get into it? You ever dabble? Yeah, uh, I like growing up, I would buy comics kind of piecemeal. I liked Iron Man a mm. lot, so I'd get those once in a while. A lot of Simpsons comics, um, like Futurama comics, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I would mostly hang out at the comic book store. God, what was the place called? It was in it was in Santa Rosa. It was in the little like there's a little mall with a McDonald's and Braid, Bradley Video. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, there's a little comic book store in there. Yeah. And that's where I would go to play Mage Knight, uh, which is like a little miniatures game, and then eventually D&D. But the dude who worked there was the biggest asshole um, I, I, I kind of ever met. He was, he was the quintessential comic book guy. He was yeah. very elitist, mm-hmm. huge nerd, like very not personable, um, but... A winning combo. Had you captive in his lair. Right. Right. So yeah. he was the king. Of, you had to go to him. Yuck. Um, and I remember, uh, but the, the number one saving grace of the place is they had a smash TV cabinet. Oh, cool. Um, so, yeah. you know, between rounds of Mage Night or something, go pump a quarter in. And it was right next to a McDonald's. So then you can go get some fries. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was, it was a pretty fun spot for a huge nerd like myself see when i was going to comic book stores and stuff it was before magic the gathering existed mm. and obviously like D existed but like i just never really thought of the idea of going to a comic book store or hobby store to play D. uh that was something you did in someone's garage yeah so like that like hey let's hang out at the comic book store because it's a destination that didn't really exist at least around me right and I, I don't know if it existed at all then uh, it was like we would go to the comic book store and you'd spend an afternoon there, yeah. but you were there looking at comic books to buy comic books and leave with like the comic talking books. talking about comic books. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so like that whole culture of we're going to the store where that sells us the magic cards to play magic, that always seemed like a little nefarious to me. <laughs> um, like, yeah, come here for the Pokemon cards. Also, we sell them. You should probably buy more while you're here. Yep, definitely bought. They had like a a little, you know those sticker vending machines where you put in like 50 cents and push yeah. in and pull out? Mm-hmm. They had one of those for, it was a quarter and it just spat out like five random playing cards. Like five random cards would be from Pokemon, Magic, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever. And sure enough, like at the end of the day when you just have quarters left because you spent your McDonald's money already or whatever. Yeah. You just go over there, pop in, and then like they would gladly take them off your hands if you didn't want them. So it was just like, because like it was like, oh, none of these are rare or whatever, or none of these are like I'd ask my magic friend if these were worth anything. And yeah, they would just go right back into. It was such a nefarious thing. They'd, yeah, they just like th- dump them back into the machine, probably. Yeah, or, or yeah, s- sell them as yeah. separately. Yeah, yeah who that's, knows? That's that sounds terrible. Um. HKR asks, how has the open source scan converter been working out for you? Any weird issues with it hooked up to any of your gear? Uh, I've had trouble getting... So the most platforms, most older pieces of hardware, the Turbo Graphics, the Sega Genesis, like, like in generally speaking, 
most of them spit out one resolution all the time, generally speaking. So you configure everything once and then it works and you're done with it. Later platforms like the Saturn and PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1 um, would pop between different resolutions as it was popping from like FMV to in-game to all this other stuff. And so it's created a situation where like some games go through three different resolutions just booting them up and only one of them displays without me getting in there and screwing around with it. And that's been not great. Um, But it's been okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't, uh, I haven't used it much over the last couple of weeks, uh, just cause I've been, you know, busy or I, I haven't touched it since before E3 actually, just cause I came back and, and, you know, was so busy three, three and kind of just got thrown off of everything I was looking at and doing. So just haven't really messed with it much lately. Um, it's a pretty cool device and you get some pretty clean signals out of some of those consoles, but like it can be hard because my capture gear at home can be also like, you know, there, there's, there's some cases where stuff will spit out to my TV just fine, but the capture gear won't see it uh, unless I make some additional changes to if it's doubling the lines, tripling the lines, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and so it's been finicky in spots. Um, but you know, it's cool. Uh, let's see. Dave Save the Day asks, my Steam link literally just arrived. So, like, what should I do now? What? Steam link was like two. It's 250 it on, on Steam right TV. now. I guess hook put, it up. Put Steam on your TV. I guess hook it up. See what happens. Yeah. I don't know. I never hooked mine up. Mine's still. I bought mine last time. They were super cheap, though not $2.50 cheap. And then didn't take it out of the box. Uh, So. I don't really know what to do with it. I don't really have a need for playing that stuff on another TV and I don't have wired internet around the house. So I don't actually know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know either. I guess hook it up and try playing some games that you'd play with a controller. You know, it's no different than spending 250 on a game you're never going to play. Right. Yeah. Just like everything else on Steam, you spent literal pennies on it. And who cares if you get anything out of it or not put it under your tv while it's still in the box that's what i did (laughs) didn't actually hook it up at all uh i understand we have a call that's right we have a caller ready to go hello caller what's your name and where are you calling from hey guys it's uh nathan from texas how you doing doing all right nathan what's on your mind uh so uh game difficulty uh I played a ton of different games with a ton of different difficulties, and some of them suck and some of them don't. And my favorite one so far has been, uh, well, that's tough. But Fallout Three has been a really good, uh, a, a really good compensation for difficulty versus what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I kill a guy, I get more experience points if he's tougher, etc. But then I've had some games where they're just like, let's just eliminate all these enemies. And that uh, that feels kind of boring. Yeah. So, and then you've got these games where they're like, let's just make these guns super powerful for the easy guys. And then you kill everything, and what's the point of the game? Um, I, I don't know. What's It's hard. So what do you guys think is the good balance for it? Well, 
or in your experience of like, you know, a bajillion games, what, uh, what's been the best game for difficulty levels that you've seen over the years? Huh? Uh, thanks for your call. Your best game for difficulty levels. First of all, Jeff, I want to congratulate you on finishing your 1 billionth game. And I know that was a huge Thank milestone. You. Yeah. No, uh, for was, you. Yeah. It was, it felt, it felt good. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I want to celebrate myself, pat myself on the back, but you know, it's just how, how it goes sometimes. Uh, Goldeneye. Okay. Yeah. You know, you know, when you, when you turn the difficulty up on Goldeneye, it adds additional objectives. And so it becomes like, Hey, if you can endure this more intense combat and these like heavier objectives, you'll actually kind of see more of the game. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. At the same time, I guess like these days, that's not really in fashion because, you know, people don't generally people don't play games twice. So, you know, you should be able to see the get the full experience on any difficulty setting within reason. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like there's been a few games that like I like games where the AI gets smarter or yeah. more adaptive to you. Um, I know that's a big selling point in Rage 2. They're talking about the AI a lot about like mm. it being smarter and kind of learning from you huh. a little bit. Um, so maybe that'll be something reflected there uh but yeah he mentioned fallout 3 that's that's a great one because it's like uh you know you uh, game games where there are more knobs that they can tweak about what happens when you find somebody or kill somebody yeah are inherently going to be easier to adjust difficulty right so like you find fewer resources and you have to be more scarce with your ammo and and that sort of stuff i i always appreciate yeah, I think that that makes sense. At the same time, I think when I play games, and it's probably because I I tend to play a lot of games. Like I, I want games to feel challenging, but I also don't want to do anything twice. Uh, especially if the game is bad and I'm playing. Especially if if the game is the crew too. Uh, oh. Getting to some of the races in the crew too, where like they tightened up the rubber banding in a way that made it significantly less fun. But not like in a in a fun, challenging way. It just became like you made one slight mistake at the end of this race, and now you lose, and now you have to do it again, even though you were ahead the entire time. Like that's a bad feeling, uh, and it makes me not want to play that game ever again when stuff like that happens. Where it's like, okay, I guess hit retry and start over. Like I just don't have the patience for it. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think difficulty is a tricky thing, but it's also a very personal thing. I think people will want different things out of it. But but yeah, I, I think different games handle it differently. Obviously, in terms of just like, hey, we've we've reduced the number of encounters. We've we've taken some enemies out or put more enemies in. That stuff is okay. I think I like the idea of tactics. Yeah. Like when you yeah when you, when you raise the difficulty, you have to be smarter at playing the game. I think that's the the cool idea if it's just hey we turned we tweaked some numbers you take 10 percent more damage and do 10 percent less damage like that's annoying yeah that's that's okay if it's like a game like for me i'm looking forward to my new game plus run of god of war because i just want to play it again and i'll play it on a harder difficulty because i want more of a challenge but it's not appealing if it's my first time going in it's like okay what's going to get me to try this on hard for the first time right yeah yeah, I, I I would almost never start a game on hard the first time through, unless I've heard like yeah, there's something I would have had really to have cool heard yeah, yeah. A, a lot of different things about it. Uh, 
that, that would to, to push me in that direction. It's just not not like something I'm likely to do. Um, games and feelings. Let's talk about it. Ben, do you have any particular games? This is from uh, someone named Brinty. Do you have any particular games that you turn to when you feel a sadness? Or any games that can help you Dota. smile when things are bad? So Dota is your game. When you're feeling bad about yourself, you play Dota. You yeah. Just wallow in it. Yeah. 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 Like if I'm... When I, when I was last unemployed, it was like two years ago at this point, was the first time that I decided I really wanted to... It was like I didn't... I, I wanted to play Dota and I wanted to like get good at Dota. So I wanted to like, it was more of not using it to make myself feel better. Yeah. It was something to pour my energy into. Right. A good uh, distraction. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm actually going to start like watching my replays and watching like tutorial videos and, you know, watch like high MMR players play and learn what they do. And it was just a really good, it's one of those things where I can put endless time into it and still, learn something new so i like games like that when i'm in a not great place emotionally mm. yeah just something that can be like a, a proper distraction that, yeah. that makes sense distraction is valuable yeah. uh in in situations like that any games that help you smile when you're feeling down anything you, like a game that cheers you up honestly like super mario world i, I play through yeah. that every year or so um and you know i like assign new challenges on myself like oh, i'm gonna try and speed run it this time. i'm gonna get good at speed running there i'm gonna you know go through all the star levels first and it's just like it's easy because i've played it so many times it's right. not gonna frustrate me i'm gonna have a good time because i have good memories of it yeah uh yeah the stuff that you've got like good memories of where you're like you're doing the cool shit because you know it and yeah. you can come away from it going ah, i still got it yeah like that stuff feels feels pretty good how about you Mr. Do. Yeah? Yeah. Hell yeah. That fucking clown. Yeah, that dude rules. Yeah. Throws that ball. Eats dropping apples and shit. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's uh, But actually, more generally speaking, I, I think like there's something to be said for like a gaming equivalent of comfort food. Yeah. And I think for me, a lot of those old arcade games do that. You know, like a, like a mappy. Like a speed rumbler. Just think about the the music from speed rumbler is. You're in a car. Capcom made it. Okay, it's a top down game. You're. It's like it's like Commando, but you're in a car and you can jump out of the car, especially if the car is about to blow up. And then you're just this little dude. And eventually, another car shows up for you to jump into and get into. But you might just get run over by the evil cars. It's a little Mad Maxy in spots. Cool. I guess. It's 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 good. But the music in level one, fucking fantastic. Okay, so. So that's a that's a big help. Um, but yeah, I, I think for, for me it's a lot of those kind of just like classic arcade games. It kind of just like that that concept of, of like a comfort food. I see a question in the chat. Let's hear it. The winning player at CEO's DBFZ tournament used Yamcha in his team. How does this make you feel? Eh, you know, someone's always got to try to stunt and use some total bullshit character. <laughs> I don't know. Is Yamcha, is Yamcha, Yamcha like was, high tier at no, all? No, Yamcha's okay. never been in the mix. Yamcha's Good. like in Kazunoko. Just I'm, an old I'm glad that it's it is true to form. Then, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, Yamcha sucks in everything. So. And he showed up for like one time to do one thing once, and then, but yeah, it, it was yeah. actually kind of a big deal because uh, yeah, nobody ever plays like 
the number one complaint about the competitive scene for Dragon Ball right now is it's a little stale. Like you see the same kind of five characters, mm. different variations of the Cell, Kid Buu, et cetera, Bardock. Um, I know I just named Goichi's team, but a lot of people copy it. But yeah, Kazunoko, just an old school fighting game player, fighting mm-hmm. game god, really good Street Fighter player, just showed up and and wrecked house with Yamcha. So people are really excited about the prospect of like, who knows what's going to happen at Evo now because everyone was right. convinced like, if your team doesn't have Cell, you can't win. Yeah. And all of a sudden. Ah, that's cool. There's people out there just... In some dark room, just labbing it out, figuring it out. Damn, it's, Evo's a month away. Yeah, that is pretty soon. I should book a flight. Mm. <laughs> I have an email I can forward you about Evo. Uh, remind me later. Okay. Um, do you have a call over there? No. Okay. I didn't. You just didn't. You didn't. I didn't move the cup. You didn't fix the 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 high tech indicator we use that to denote a call is ready. Got it. Um. Let's see here. Are you still playing Onrush from Nicolas? I I still have it installed. I, I intend to play more of it. I want to check out that update that came out, but I have not tried out that update yet. So. Good game. Uh, Sergioni asks, do you have any good payphone stories? One time there was a sniper trained on my position, Mm -hmm. and I had to stay on the payphone or else he was going to snipe me. And my name is Colin Farrell. It's fucked up. Yeah. Uh, One time we had recorded um, red box tones, like the sound a quarter makes when it drops into a payphone, onto a mini cassette recorder. And we went and we went around to different payphones and you could just play them into the handset and it would register as on older payphones. It would register as you putting money in the payphone so you could make calls for free. Um, and we did it at one payphone in front of a gas station over by the 7-Eleven that I went to over the weekend. Strangely enough, not strangely enough. Uh, and then when I held the receiver back up to start to make the call, there was a very angry operator on the other end. Oh, shouting, shit. Oh, can I help you? What is it? I was like, yeah. I hung up the phone and got the fuck out of there. Um, the problem with getting free phone calls on a pay phone is that at the end of it, you have to call somebody. And I don't want to talk on the phone. We had a laptop with a little uh, modem, like a acoustic coupler, so we could call, oh, nice. you know, BBSs or something for free from a pay phone, which was also dumb because, well, you know, also, you, you have to make sure you're calling someone who, if they get a call later from the phone company saying, who called you at this date and time from a payphone, they're not going to fucking rat you out to the fucking phone cops. <laughs> so it's just dumb all around. So you end up calling radio stations and crank calling people and stupid shit like that. Um, and yeah, uh, let's see. Let's see if I can find one or two more. Uh, questions here before we wrap it up. Uh, Swift Darius asks, "What's your favorite Longmont Potion Castle call? You got any?" Uh, I haven't listened to enough to have yeah. a favorite. Nothing like really sticks out. I'm uh, I'm probably pretty partial these days. I've been thinking a lot about Virtual Balboa. Okay. Uh, wherein he says, 
that he wants to get virtual, which confuses someone to a great deal. And then at the end, just says, I'm virtual Balboa. Like she's <laughs> supposed to know what that means. And I've been thinking a lot about, I'm virtual Balboa. Virtual uh, Balboa. I feel like I've seen that screen name before. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's probably my one. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. See if we find one last question here before we wrap it up here. I'll say my favorite crank call that I can think of is the um, Tim and Eric exterminator. I've got bees, mm-hmm. but I want bees. Call. Sprainard. Sprainard. Kruger. Kruger. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I also like the one where Tracy Morgan's calling up and placing the, <laughs> a, a personal ad. You know, it's an old one, but that's that was... It's, cla- it's, it's a classic for a reason. Yeah. Tracy yes. Morgan's very funny. Must have back. <laughs> like that, yeah. That's... That's very good. Um... Pojero asks, have you played Hollow Knight for Switch? I've had it for like a year on PC and have no idea how I missed it. It's unreal how polished and expansive it is. I, why didn't you just play it on PC? <laughs> Instead of buying it a second time after having not played it on another platform. Ah, whatever. I've, I've certainly done that. Yeah. Um, I didn't fall in love with Hollow Knight. Uh, I like the look of it and I like the exploration stuff uh, it's got going on, but I didn't I, I didn't like that expo- i hated the map like buying new map yeah stuff. buying the map stuff was it was like a hassle but once you got those first couple of maps like i don't know like the i, I like to look at the world a there lot. was something to me about the combat that yeah. just felt like it was a frame it was like a couple too many frames on everything mm. like at the start i don't know it's really hard to put into words i, but it I did not feel as smooth as i wanted i it also to. did not like the combat very much uh, I understand that you are constantly unlocking new powers and moves and stuff and that it gets to a point where you just have all these options and maybe at that point I would like it. I just didn't yeah. have enough resolve to get there. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas with the final question. What's the modern equivalent of freaking? It's probably uh, war driving with air crack running and trying to, which I doubt that even fucking works anymore, uh, trying to hack into people's Wi-Fi. Okay. And get free internet access. That that's probably it. Is it's guessing the password on people's private Minecraft servers? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's one two three, or Steve. one two three four, or Steve rules R U L Z. I would love like loading up the use map settings lobbies for StarCraft and Warcraft mm-hmm. and like just trying password on on all of them and just people getting really mad. How did you get it? What's it? Ah, the fun thing about getting onto other people's Wi-Fi is if they have a printer. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even consider that. And you just start printing nonsense to their printer. Uh, Print out a a voice. You're smiling. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Something useful. Um, do people still war drive? Probably not. What is war driving? Uh, that's driving around with a laptop looking for open Wi-Fi. Okay. Uh, it's derived from war dialing, which is doing the thing that was in the movie War Games where you just call every number to see which ones pick up with a computer. Okay. Which I also did. It's fucked up. It's a bad thing to do at three in the morning is to just like, I'm going to go to bed and set my computer to call every number in this town. <laughs> 
though I did now, find, uh, now yeah. that's very popular. Yeah, no, that's uh, every every fucking computer is doing that all the time. Every so. call you get is yeah. from a computer. Yeah, uh, I did find some stuff doing that though. <laughs> um, anyway, that's going to do it for the show. Don't don't war, war dial people because now it's just going to be cell phones. Oh yeah, you know, and nobody answers the phone anymore anyway. Right. Yeah. There's one lesson to be learned that I've always said is that no one answers the phone anymore anyway. Damn. That's going to do it for the show this week. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. We'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. If you're in L.A., come, come see me and Dan at the Conga Room on Thursday. For anime. For anime. For anime. Come, come hang out. It's an anime extravaganza. Everyone loves anime. It's the hot new thing. It just came out. 